Welcome back. The Pokemon Company decided to give us a Pokemon Presents on August 3rd, which was yesterday, and they unpacked a lot of information there. A lot to do with non-Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, but there is a ton of information to unpack with the information they gave us in Scarlet Violet. I wanted to go over some of that today, just discuss the highlights of that if you missed it, or some of the details you may not have picked up on if you watched that presentation. Now first, if you're new here to Woodgy Gaming, give us a follow on one of our social platforms. We are on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Thank you all for who have tuned in all this time thus far. If you're new tuning in, welcome to the show. We hope you enjoy it. But let's dive right into things. So first and foremost, we talk about the World Championships and Pokemon Go. So for the first time, Pokemon Go and Pokemon Not Unite will have respective events at the part of, as a part of the Pokemon World Championships in London. There will be two age divisions, likely mirroring the other tournaments, juniors and seniors. The new Pokemon World Championship trophy was shown. It was basically a Pikachu that was standing on a Pokeball holding a smaller trophy. It was kind of cute. It'd be nice to have one of those one of these days, but I don't see myself grinding that much in any of the categories to try to obtain this. An upcoming event for Pokemon Go will take place in Sapporo, Japan. That's going to happen this weekend. On Saturday, August 27th, the Pokemon Go Fest 2022 finale event will take place. This is going to allow you to capture some Ultra Beasts. It's a global event that can be enjoyed by everyone. Shaman will be available available via completing special research tasks. You can find out what happened to Professor Willow who was sucked into an ultra, into ultra Space by an Ultra Wormhole. They sure love to throw Ultra in front of words to try to make it their own, don't they? I think you could achieve the same result by just saying he was sucked into into Ultra Space by a wormhole, but hey, that's the Pokemon company for you. Daily Adventure Incense have been added to Pokemon Go. These last for 15 minutes. They're special incense. They can only be used once daily, and they have a chance to attract legendaries as well, as well as mons you might not regularly find in your area. So if you're a Pokemon Go player trying to complete the 700 plus Pokedex there, this might be helpful to you. Moving on to Pokemon Unite. Pokemon Unite celebrated one year. And they're adding new Pokemon features, events, and campaigns. The Pika Party is a battle where all the Pokemon are Pikachu on the field. Everything available from the wild Pokemon to, the, to your opponents to yourself, you are all Pikachu. So it's just a big Pikachu party, hence the name Pika Party. Buzzwole joins Unite yesterday. As you would expect, Buzzwole is a grappler, noting he is a very muscly guy. Every time you get a knockout on an opposing Pokemon, movement speed and basic attack speed are temporarily boosted with his Beast Boost ability. Free Unite licenses and Hollowware for Sylveon, Pikachu, Blastoise, Lucario, and Snorlax are going to be available. These are a once-per-day award where you can get a Unite license and Hollowware. So you'll need to log in five days to get these. If you have been playing Unite and you, any of these mons are on the list you were trying to grind for, this is a way to save that hard-earned in-game currency for something else and get these, so go ahead and jump on that. New content for Pokemon Masters EX is coming in the form of a Trainer's Lodge. That's going to come in August. They are now celebrating three years of that game being out on mobile platforms. More info is to come on that. Pokemon Cafe Remix had a little bit of an announcement. Mewtwo is returning and you will be able to add it to your staff once you've given it enough food and drinks. Latias was announced and dropped into the game yesterday. 
and Latios will join in the future. Victini and Latios are in-game and can be added to your staff from today until August 11th. Moving on from there to the main event, the main thing we're all here for, the main reason we tuned into this Pokemon Presents. This Presents was a total of 20 minutes long. 10 of it was spent on everything but Scarlet and Violet. Then we had 10 minutes of Scarlet and Violet, and there was a lot of information that we were given. We were shown a bit more of the region we will be exploring, and we were given the name of it. The name of the region we are going to be exploring, the newest region, is the Paldea region. Our box art legendaries will be used to transport us around the world. Unlike Latios and Latias and Aurus, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, they can be used for more than just to fly around, though. They will serve as our bikes, gliders, boats they will even be able to be used to scale cliffs similar to Sneasler in Legends Arceus or a Pokemon who knew the HM rock climb in previous generation. I will say I'm not a big fan of Coridon and the way that it has wheels on its stomach yet it just runs across the land. I feel like it's diminishing value there. You could have had it look cooler like Maridon where it's rolling on those wheels and Maridon looks to be the superior mon in my opinion. You kind of diminish your box arts legendaries though in this way. You've relegated them to just being your bicycle or your transportation or your HM slaves if you're old enough to remember what having to deal with that is. And I'm, as I've said, I'm not a big fan of Coridon running around on its legs. It, it looks super derpy to me. I'm not sure what the point of having the wheels on the body were unless you just wanted to have them kind of mirror one another, just be aesthetically ever so different, one red, one blue and the coloring of the wheels different. You could have left that off Maridon if you weren't even going to use those wheels. And as pointed out by Austin John Plays, the, nine, the name name of both Mons have Rhydon in, in the latter part of their name, what is in, which is interesting because we will be riding on them throughout the whole game, it seems. And if we look at the prefixes of the name, um, Korai in Japanese means ancient, and Murai actually means future. So they lean heavily into the themes of the game even more so the buildings and architecture we saw a little bit more of that they look very very cool and aesthetically pleasing they're going to be version specific schools that we'll be attending depending on which version of the game you're actually going with and they look very castle-ish very regal they actually they're booking themselves as well the titles are booking themselves as open world RPG titles we see ourselves enrolling in an academy as a student which varies along with the uniform you'll be wearing. As I stated, that academy is going to be different. There's going to be one purple uniform, one orange. Orange is, of course, the, the scarlet. Violet is going to be the grapes. An independent research study project is what you'll be undertaking. It's basically a treasure hunt is what it states. According to the trailer, we have three different stories in this title, one of which will be the familiar will be familiar to anyone returning to the this franchise. That is, of course, taking on the gym battles to become the regional champion. Though to turn this familiar formula on its head, there is no specific order to the gym challenge, meaning you can go about it however you see fit. No longer will you have to be struggling with that fire-type starter trying to go against the ground, rock, or water first gym. You can go about this any way you seek fit. Now, originally, I thought to myself, well, how are they going to do this? Are the levels going to scale based on the number of badges you have? But upon watching another video and seeing the press information that was given out to the press, of course, 
it was told that you can purposely go out of your way to seek stronger gem leaders or just go to the nearest gem. So what this tells me is if you choose to go to the final gem first and foremost, you're going to get bodied unless you just spend a lot of time grinding. Because you can go to that final gem first, but the level is not going to decrease to your level. It's going to be level 50 or 60, whatever the max level in that region is going to be. Once you have obtained all eight badges, you are given the opportunity to take the champion assessments to gain the champion rank. There have been many trainers who have already taken the assessment prior to you who have become champion, who have attained the champion rank, and they have only grown stronger since then. I can imagine that what we will see here is the return of some of these champions serving as a pseudo elite four to challenge us and make sure we're up to snuff of actually obtaining that rank. So that is interesting enough and I'm hopeful that we have something, if you ever played Sun and Moon, the champion in that game changed. Every time you went back it'd be somebody different, it'd be how it could be uh, Hop, it could be Professor Kui Kui, but it changed ever so slightly, it'd be other, other, uh, other people. It wasn't always the same person like Gary or Red. You, you would have somebody different, so it added the incentive for you to replay and retake the Elite Four Challenge multiple times. So I'm hopeful that what they do with this is it's not just the final trainer that will change, but I'm hopeful they have like a roster of multiple different champions and they can rotate out, rotate, rotate that out based on the number of times you've been through there and maybe it will be sequentially harder each time you go through. The other two stories we were told about were not expounded upon and they were left to be, or either that or they're left to be explained in a future presentation or for players to experience for themselves when the game launches in about three months. One appears to revolve around a futuristic low rider that has tons of subwoofers on it and the other just showed an ancient tower with the with the player standing at the top of that. So that again leans into the themes of past and future here. And we met a few of the supporting cast. Mr. Clavel was the director of the academy we will be attending. Mr. Jock is your homeroom and biology teacher. Nimona is our friend who loves to battle. Arvinson is an upperclassman who loves to cook. Penny the shy goth girl in our class. And Grusha the ice type gym leader. A few Pokemon from the region were, were displayed. Paldean Whooper is a ground and poison type. It looks brown or charcoal kind of instead of the typical blue we'd experience from the normal Whooper. And it, kind of, it has bones out of the side of his head, kind of mirroring a skull and bones off of a pirate flag. Fido, <laughs> no pun intended, Fido or Fido the dog, you know. A fairy type dog Pokemon looks like a dog that has Princess Leia's hair. You can't make me unsee that, but it does look like they're more, it's more like dough, and maybe that's biscuits on the side of his head. So Titan is a large land well that is a pure ice type. It's probably my favorite of the Numons we've seen outside of the starters. A bit about the multiplayer, the Union Circle is where we will meet up with friends to play in co-op. Up to three friends can join you to hunt Pokemon or even take on Terra Raids. That Terrastol from Mamanon makes Pokemon shine like diamonds or other gems and is this game's gimmick similar to Z-Moves, Megas, Dynamax, and Gigantamax in past generations. This allows Pokemon to take on different appearances and even change a Pokemon's typing in certain cases. The Terra Orb, an item that can only be carried by certain trainers, gives the Pokemon the ability to Rastalize. It must be recharged by touching either a charged Terra Crystal 
or visiting a Pokemon Center after each use. What this tells me is you're not going to be able to go battle to battle just continually abusing that likely overpowered mechanic. With with Dyn Dynamax and Gigantamax and Sword and Shield, there were only certain battles that you could actually do it in. And with Megas in previous generations, it was not that restrictive. But it seems as we go along further and further, we get a bit more restrictive with these special gimmicks or abilities that we are given by the Pokemon Company. Because with Z-Moves, every battle you could use that. No recharge required. And with Megas, you could pretty much do that in every battle as well. You did not need to go back to the Pokemon Center. No recharge. Nothing was required. You could continually abuse that. And maybe they saw that that made this, the game too easy. So maybe this is the way of balancing that. So when you get to the Pseudo Elite Four or the Champion Assessment, if they have you face all of them in a row without the opportunity to heal in between, you're going to have to decide, do I hold on to this now or do I need to use it through this battle for this battle just to make it through easily to preserve my Pokemon's HP and PP so I am sure that I'm able to make it through the rest of this challenge. To be honest with you, it didn't look that impressive to me originally I still am not sold on it overall it's it's a neat concept to me it, it just looked like they threw a chandelier on the head of a lot of the Pokemon Spiragashio had a giant flower protruding from its head Foycoco seemed to have a candelabra with several lit candles on it and Quaxley had a weird thing that I thought originally was a coat rack but it was pointed out by Austin John again that it was actually a fountain all Pokemon from the Paldea region have the capability to terrestrialize. It boosts type and can make moves stronger. Pokemon can actually change com types completely based on this as well. Pikachu can turn into a flying type if its Terra type is flying. Of course, it, that flying Pikachu sees Pikachu looks like something on his forehead with balloons holding it up. The type a Pokemon transforms into depends on its Terra type. They showed a Drift Blim, for instance, that became a fire type because it was a, its terror type was fire. Eevee was shown and was an example of how it can have different terror types. We saw an Eevee become a grass type in one instance and a water in another, even though it would have been a normal normally. I'm hopeful that we get a wide array of terrestrialized forms, or Eevee in particular, forms representing some of the types that we do not have access to in the Eeveelution lines. Dragon, Ghost, Flying, Bug, or Ground, for instance, as we have Eeveelutions to cover water and grass typing already. If this is anything like Megas or Dynamaxing, only one mon per battle will be allowed to change. This will likely be a game changer when it comes to competitive play, as you could be expecting to deal with a regular Drift Blim, but once it changes, that could make your entire strategy go out the window. So you're ready to deal with a ghost type, have your dark types on the ready, and you bleed out with a dark type. Your opponent's Driplim comes out there and terrestrializes, immediately becoming a fire type. You've got to change out, opening them to a free attack on you. So this is another aspect of competitive. And of course, these terrestrialized Pokemon remain terrestrialized throughout the battle. For the entirety of the battle, they will remain transformed. Unlike the Gigantamaxing and that Dynamaxing in the previous generation, it is not three turns, giving a bit more utility to the ability, I will say. Pokemon with rare terror types are more likely to appear in terror raid battles, which can be taken on with your friends. In these battles, you attack and heal with your own timing, meaning you don't need to wait on that one friend who won't hurry up and make their move selection. Looking at you, kid. 
And of course, after you successfully defeated a Terra Pokemon, you will have the opportunity to catch it, similar to Max Raid Battles from Pokemon Sword and Shield. You can gain rare items from taking part in these Terra Raid Battles. In order to initiate a Terra Raid Battle, you must touch a Terra Crystal, which is powered up. You will know it is powered up because it will shoot a beam into the sky similar to Max Raid Battles, making it visible from a great distance away even. So this is exactly like a Max Raid Battle, different gimmick. In order to start a Terra Raid Battle, you must touch a Terra Crystal that is overflowing with energy. The color of the Terra Crystal of the Terra Raid Battles matches the Terra type of the Terra Pokemon you'll encounter. Man, that is a tongue twister. You can also cheer for your teammates similar to in Sword and Shield, but this time around you actually have control over what the effects of those are. So instead of you cheering and then there'll be a random boost to your ally's stat, this time around you can choose to either boost the attack and special attack, you can boost the defense and special defense, or you can heal. Character customization is added as well, or I should say they've added a bit more to it. In years past, you could change the skin complexion, you could change the eye color, and maybe the hair color. That was about it. This time around, we're going to be able to change the eye and mouth shape and more. Likely, we'll hear more about that before launch. But it is interesting and nice that they are trying to add in more elements toward customization to make it feel like you're actually immersed in the, in the world. So it's you there instead of some random template that you chose. As an early purchase bonus, anyone who buys the game and redeems prior to February 28th will receive a special Pikachu that knows fly and is a flying Terra type. We have just three months to wait until we get our hands on Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Between you now and then, we're bound to have more information, including the evolutions of the starters, and I am excited. While the motorcycle mechanics of the Legendaries bothers me a bit, I believe overall it will be a good game. It seems the Pokemon Company is trying to innovate and keep the familiar formula fresh, and I'm here for it. Only time will tell if it lives up to ex expectations or if it is just another meh title from the Pokemon Center. I have to imagine it will be the former. I think it'll be a good title. We'll have fun with it. I am just hope that it is engaging. I'm getting a bit long in the tooth for Pokemon 35 years old, but I still enjoy the franchise as a whole. I have fun capturing training mons. Someone was telling me that there is a new mechanic as to how we obtain eggs and that this may be doing away with breeding. I am hopeful that that is not the case, but only time will tell. Let me know what your favorite part of the presentation was. If you are excited for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, are you ready to pick this up on day one and play? Or will it be a pass for you or wait for a review? Let us know in the comments. Shoot us a DM if you have any ideas of what we might cover in the future. I've been playing a good bit of Digimon Survive, trying to finish that. Then I want to sit down and give a first impressions of that or give my overall thoughts on the title as it is It is a divisive title. Not, it is not for everybody, and I will say that first and foremost, that's probably what I will be going over in that podcast, discussing why it may or may not be for you and why you definitely have to be a fan of visual novels for it to click with you. But anyway, and I hope you guys enjoy, and peace.